0: No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey Is. Hi, Emma. are you ready to get into the episode we've literally been waiting for? For so long. We have been speaking about this moment for the last, I don't even know how many months.
1: A long ass time and here we are.
0: It's very fitting that this episode came out the same week where New York was on a break because it almost would have just simply been unfair. Like Beverly Hills really deserved having its own week and honestly for New York's sake, I'm glad it didn't have to compete.
1: Yeah, we all collectively needed to put all of our time and attention into this episode. To be honest, not to start prematurely, this was not the episode that I expected. I knew we were going to eventually get a breaking news Erica moment, and I've been thinking about it since, what, November? And this was just, I don't know why, not good or bad. It was very different than what I had pictured in my mind.
0: Well, let's dive into that a little bit more before we even start. What do you think if I know it's kind of hard to put into words, but generally speaking, what do you think that you are anticipating?
1: Well, regardless of where you stand on the Erica thing and like whether she's telling the truth or not, I do have to say she was way more forthcoming overall than I thought. Like she just literally spoke more this whole episode of course they're giving her way more airtime but i've just never heard her like go that deep ever about anything so just that in itself was like a little bit shocking to me and so new and just the detail and the way the women reacted and the way that she delivered it to them and keeps alluding to the challenges of in front of them i was just really caught off guard and i think there was a lot less commentary from the women than I was expecting. We saw a small conversation before Erica arrived at Sutton's house, but it was nothing huge, I guess, because they really only had a day or two before. I think they really were very careful about what they said to each other on camera. And I, I just wish I knew what they said off camera.
0: Well, of course I wonder that as well. You're right. That's the thing. It's kind of like even if you think every single word that came out of her mouth was a lie, it still was more words than I was ever expecting her to say. That's right. kind of, yes, I so feel you on that. And then, you know, in terms of the other women, we can just get into this right now before we even start. There's so many memes circulating and there's so many conversations of people kind of calling out what they view as hypocrisy between this situation and the Denise situation in terms of, you know, this one, everybody kind of seems to back off and respects her privacy. Whereas with Denise, when it came to Brandy and affecting her marriage, potentially everybody was in and demanded answers. And I very much understand the hypocrisy there. I do also think though, it is a it is a different situation.
1: I thought that comparison was like valid, but I also could see how it's a completely like apples and oranges, kind of thing.
0: I think for me, the thing is, everybody kind of collectively, and that's Rinna and Kyle and all of them included, can objectively say that they were way too hard on Denise and that was in really poor taste. So if everybody is acknowledging that that was the wrong thing to do, why? do we then want that behavior to be repeated with Erica? I understand how it comes across as hypocritical, but if they got so dragged through the mud for doing that and it was so the wrong thing and came across so poorly, obviously they weren't gonna do it with Erica because it's Erica in a different relationship. But to me, it's like, I would rather them not do it with Erica instead of doing it just for the principle of treating her the same way they treated Denise. You know what I mean? It was wrong the way they treated Denise. Why would they wanna do that to another human being?
1: Right, and it's also almost like maybe they learned their lesson and maybe they saw how harsh they came across during that whole situation. So yeah, I don't know. It was to me, like I never had really thought about comparing the two. I guess now seeing it, it makes more sense, but it just was an interesting comparison to draw for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know. You're right though. I I don't know what I was expecting. I'll tell you though, it was not this. There was a real creepiness and a real subliminal almost fear and sadness and anticipation that was surrounding this entire episode.
1: I mean, I can't believe we're already on the inside of her new house and Mikey Minden is walking in with a toolkit. Never in my wildest dreams did I think the same episode that she's announcing and for the first time saying that she's getting a divorce that we'd already be moved into the new house talking about having sex in 90 days
0: making herself a new closet like it, it we got it all at once it was crazy no yes it was crazy and i think for me the thing that i'm really struggling with on like a very strictly logistical level is i need to have a better understanding of the timeline and i feel like obviously she either isn't saying that or can't say that legally cuz she knows that it will hurt her but it's like let's just say just for 30 seconds. And I know we're kind of going out of order here. Let's say we're going to believe her story about she dropped him off at work that day. She went home, she packed her stuff and she got out hypothetically. I want to know, give me the 30 days before and map me out day for day what you were doing. When were you selling your clothes? When did you sign the lease on the rental? Like, Those are the details that I didn't think we were ever going to get, but I have so many more questions than I even thought I had based on the version of the story that she's telling.
1: No, totally. Because a lot of the details that she revealed here are things maybe that had been reported, but to hear it directly from her mouth of what allegedly happened, it it opened a whole new list of questions on top of my never-ending list of questions I already had. Should we just get into like everything first and then we'll just talk about it? Because I I just have so much to say.
0: Yeah. Basically, the way that we did this outline was like all of the Erica stuff and then the other plot lines. So- It's kind of chronological because it kind of happened that way, but also kind of not. I don't know. If you guys are regular listeners, this may not be the way we normally do it, but it just feels like this is a unique case, don't you think?
1: Yeah. And as long as you watch the episode, you'll definitely be able to follow along.
0: So I want to start out with when she first walks into Sutton's, everyone kind of cheers. She has a big smile on her face. She's in full glam. And she kind of breaks the ice by saying, I'm sorry I didn't bring a hostess gift. It's been a little rough this week. And that is kind of when the way that I interpreted it was everybody else almost had permission to take a deep breath.
1: (laughs) Yes. I think everyone was waiting for her to kind of say something. And you never know with Erica, like sometimes she's super cold and a little bit closed off and, you know, takes things very seriously and is a little bit uptight about things. And sometimes she can joke about things and break the ice. So I really this was almost the moment we were the most curious about was like, what's, what's it going to be like the first time that they see her and how is her overall attitude and aura going to be when it comes to this? So I got to say, it was a little bit like a sigh of relief in a good way that this was how she was kind of bringing it to the table with the other women because she was making them feel more comfortable and therefore they were more willing and able to kind of support her and follow her lead.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's what they were all doing. They all were kind of waiting to see what she did, which I really understand when you're in this awkward of a situation. And I think Kyle put it well of saying like, we don't know if she's going to want to be left alone or if she's going to want to overshare. You don't know with Erica. It's very different than if this was happening to any of the other women, even if it was the same severity of the situation, which I recognize at the time they didn't know it. But I mean- I couldn't imagine what it was like for them and especially Sutton because, you know, yeah, Lisa's the closest to Erica, but it's Sutton's home and Sutton is the one hosting. And you have a very unique role in this particular situation as hostess to not only make Erica feel comfortable, but also to be kind of like the co-setter of the vibe. If we're going to say that Erica is the main one who's setting the vibe, Sutton is right there with her. And I thought she actually did a really good job.
1: Yeah, she was in a difficult position. It was kind of a good group to watch because you have everyone ranging from Kathy and Crystal who have just met Erica maybe two or three or four times and just spent their first couple days with her, spanning all the way to like Kyle and Rinna who know her so well, especially her and Rinna have had a really close relationship over the years and I think closer than anyone else, I would say. So to see it from basically like new friends, almost acquaintances, all the way to a Rena, who's like one of your closest people to you. Seeing how they each individually handled it and also how Erica handled it in kind of a mixed crowd was just like, it felt like a social experiment, honestly.
0: It absolutely was. And Garcelle, I think in her confessional was reacting to when Erica kind of asked the women like, so what's going on? And she was basically like, you just filed for divorce. You didn't tell any of us. You want to know what's going on with us. And when she first said that, this is at the very beginning of the episode, I had no idea what to expect. I kind of then was like, oh shit, is this going to be one of those things where she completely deflects? And I was so pleasantly surprised as I think Garcelle probably was as well that she was actually talking.
1: Yeah. I was way more expecting it to go down that path than I was the way that it went when I was envisioning this episode for all these months, I thought it would be way more of a little bit of deflection, a little bit of like sassy, a little bit of truth and kind of a like, you know, it's private and, you know, Tom is Tom, that vibe way more than what we actually got. So you're right for that to happen in the very, very beginning. I thought, okay, here we go. This is kind of what I was expecting to happen.
0: Right. And then, I think it was last week or two weeks ago when we were talking about how the editors really kept in some things that would have been throwaway details. I think it was Gibson who had initially tweeted that. And when they're talking about Sutton getting a new car, Garcelle brings that up and Erica makes a comment like, well, I need a ride, so someone come pick me up. And then she makes the comment that she just got a new car actually and she got a Range Rover, which... I think if this was a normal episode, probably wouldn't have necessarily been included. However, that is now a key piece of information, especially as everybody is hyper focused on her finances. And then she launches directly into, "Well, okay, let's discuss the elephant in the room." Yeah, my life has drastically changed this week. I let go of my Lamborghini. I let go of my sixteen thousand square foot home. I let go of my marriage. I let go of everything. I literally made a decision that um, I had to. Oh my
1: god! You could feel that she was trying to bring it up. Like, you know, when you can tell someone has something to say, and obviously they know what she's trying to say, but she was trying to figure out like a clever, creative way to sort of just get into it. And then she just kind of had the the guts and the chutzpah to be like, all right, I know you're all thinking it and I'm thinking it, and here we go.
0: You know, it's funny because there's almost a part of me that wonders if she wishes one of the other women would have brought it up first, even though I literally think there's no world in which they would have ever done that. Right.
1: Because I think she, despite everything, has enough self-awareness that she knows these women and that they would never want to bring something up. And God forbid it made her uncomfortable or like, really, you're going to bring that up? They were 100% following her lead and feeling out her vibes, which I think in the end is the respectful thing to do. I also think it's very possible that if she wanted someone else to bring it up instead of ha- her having to do it, she would have texted Rinna and said, you know, you can ask me how I'm doing. But she kind of just came right out and said it. I mean, it wasn't like it was the hardest thing to do, but she definitely thought through the way she was going to explain it to them.
0: Absolutely. And then it cuts right to the confessional when she says, I left because he pushed me further and further out. The conversations that I used to have were now reduced to a sentence or two. I just kept walking about that house and knowing that this marriage was headed down a really shitty path. I had to make a choice to do what was right for me. I couldn't live that way anymore. (laughs) It's so crazy because I feel like There are so many different perspectives on the internet. And I want to, I guess I just want to start by saying whatever you feel or whatever you believe is totally valid because right now we are all shooting in the dark. So some people think that she deserves an Emmy for that acting job. Other people completely change their opinion on the situation and actually think that she is completely telling the truth and had no idea about some of these wrongdoings. Some people are a little bit in the middle. So whatever you feel, like, technically none of us actually know and I just want to make sure that like that's okay don't let anybody either side bully you into thinking one way or another
1: yeah Samantha Bush tweeted either she's telling the truth or give this bitch an EGOT and that's just how I feel I have to watch it and kind of put everything to the side and just really listen to what she's saying and say, okay, if I knew nothing else, what would I think about this? What would I believe? What would I feel about this story that Erica is telling to us? And then I start piecing together all the other things we know and the testimonials we heard from the plane crash victims of the families. Like there's so many things that come into play and there's like, a possibility that some of the things she says are true and some are completely not. Or she did all of this, but also knew it. And also what were her conversations with Tom really like? And what was her involvement with things, reasons that she left? it. There's a thousand ways to look at this. And I know for sure we're going to end up watching this episode again and again. I don't know what to think, but regardless, hearing her like spell out the details of this Divorce and the way that it went down was absolutely fascinating. Don't you think? Like that, she dropped Tom off at work and she, you know, said bye and then went home and moved out, and then he was served papers the next day. That is also, again, never a story that we expected to be told.
0: Right. And again, I want to acknowledge a lot of people think that that's completely bullshit. There were people that were talking about where his office is in relation to her Pasadena in the house, and now there's no way she's going to do a 45 minute commute one way or another. So it's like, Yes, it was. In, I was so not expecting this. I really, really wasn't. I mean, the fact that that confessional we were getting was from her LA rental, like yes. that in it. That in and of itself, I wasn't expecting.
1: Well, also crazy because I I know we've spoken about this a lot, like how we've seen her glam teams posting. The filming of confessionals on days that big stories have been breaking, and we're like, Holy shit, I can't believe she is sitting in a confessional chair as we're reading about whatever, Uh, you know, or even when she posted those texts with Tom like cheating on her. I think they filmed the confessional that day or the next day. So then to now know that all of those were filmed in the living room of her new, smaller downgrade house that she is decorating herself was
0: like fucking mind blowing. Well, that's why when I think it was last week, I said to you that I feel like I don't know Erica well enough to even try to envision what is going on in her mind or in her daily life in this LA rental. I already had that. So now I'm in the fucking rental. And also, by the way, Mikey's there. Yeah. What?
1: I don't know. I, it really, it just turned everything upside down on its head of what I was picturing has been going on and what I've been envisioning her life to be like. And to finally like see it was really just blew my mind.
0: So Mother's Day is coming up. And I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Well, we go back to the lunch and she kind of explains to the women how she didn't tell them because she knows that it would put them in a really bad position if They had information that they had to hold on to, And she kind of said, you know, it also doesn't serve me to talk about what's happening legally or what will happen legally because I'm married to someone who's very good in that area. Which like that in and of itself, like take away any of the shadiness that's going on, that is a true statement. Like she is married to one of the top lawyers who also happens to be a raging fraud and seemingly a bit sociopathic. But that being said, either way, even if he was a really... (laughs) honest person, you still don't want to fuck around with that.
1: Yeah, he still knows the law whether he follows it or not is a different story, but he knows it inside and out where she doesn't. So I there were a lot of moments and like I said, she keeps bringing up I think at least two or three times she brings up, you know, Tom has a lot of challenges in front of him and there's going to he's going to be faced with a lot of challenges, kind of alluding to things. And this moment when she was saying, I don't want to put you guys in a bad situation, especially when you think about like who knew what and timing and how long she was thinking about it, like every detail is so important in this case, especially now knowing what we know, how much bigger it really is, that it was just crazy how little things that she kept saying were really pointing in the direction of like, wait till you guys see what's going to come next. Like you think you've seen it now. There's a way bigger story and a huge picture to be painted that you don't even know the smallest bit of yet.
0: Right. And so then I wonder, and again, I'm really just like talking out loud here. Like, I feel like you are too, right? Like,
1: can we we just honestly, everyone's watched the episode. Like I just want to talk about it.
0: No, I know, but aside from the fact that we're not doing this as like methodical as normal, I just want to have the understanding with you, and then also with everybody listening. Like, what I say right now, by the time this episode comes out, it could be changed. I'm just like being really honest. I'm not looking to get like attacked and DM'd by people that feel completely differently. These are just my thoughts in this moment, and I'm like very open to my mind changing because I have yeah. no fucking idea. Yeah, okay, I also
1: yeah. think in the next ten minutes, I could probably contradict something I said in the first twenty minutes. So like, I just I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just this is literally our live reaction and our first time ever discussing this. So I'm just kind of sorting through my brain right now as to like every scenario possible and
0: every thought that we could possibly have about this. Right. Exactly. Okay. I'm glad that we have that understanding, but (laughs) I'm glad we had that talk. (laughs) No, I'm glad we like, know we know our parameters here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, but you know, in response to what you just said, about how she was alluding to little things, almost like she knows that some sort of a storm is coming, right? And when she was saying he has things coming his way, she wasn't talking about at the hands of her. She was talking about seemingly legal troubles that he may have upcoming. And so I do think there's a world, again, talking out loud here, in which both of these stories can be true. In the sense, if you are somebody that's in the camp that thinks The second she found out what was coming down the pipeline with him, even if she didn't really know the full extent of it, she said, Fuck this, I'm getting out. And there's the other people, let's say, that thought, you know, it had nothing to do with that, which I don't think most people are on, but just hear me out for a second. You know, the marriage was really bad and COVID kind of just made her realize. I kind of think there's a world in which, like, those two and others can all be bonded together in the sense of, like, The marriage was never as good as it seemed, and there was always some real darkness, and she actually never really liked him. However, she was willing to put up with it for the lifestyle. They kind of had almost a very good business arrangement, and so she was willing to take some of these really dark aspects of the romantic life or the more personal life that maybe the public wasn't as aware of because she had the luxury of knowing that there was never going to be an issue financially. So now all of a sudden when the rug gets pulled from under her when it comes to the finances and she's understanding how deeply intertwined he is with some serious fraud. Again, let's just assume for purposes of this conversation, she didn't know the full extent. Then it's like, well, fuck this. Why am I putting up with what I've been putting up with him? I'm not even going to get the benefit of it.
1: I think everything that she said about Tom and their relationship and their marriage and how that house never felt like hers. He's lived there with all of his previous wives and Everything she said about their kind of relationship, how he was providing for her, she always wanted to just please him and be grateful, and how could she complain? I really still even now believe every single thing she said was true, and honestly, we've seen it. We've seen the power dynamic. We've seen it play out. They cut back to clips of Tom shutting Lisa and Erica down at dinner. Just, you got a sense that that was kind of the arrangement, but- I do think she's been with him for 20 whatever years. She didn't just realize that now. Like there was something that made her in November say, today's the day I'm going to file the papers and be done. You can say whatever you want about Erica, but she is not stupid and she's a very methodical person. Like they were even pointing out at that table, they know nothing about how kind of regimented she was about this divorce and how she was so, you know, I'm doing it the afternoon of election day because I wanted to be buried and I'm leaving that day and I have everything, all my ducks in a row and they noticed that from day one. So that is very on brand for Erica just as a person, but then it really was clear when they were going through all the details.
0: I just think that like the, knowing that something was brewing legally that was going to be really fucking bad, she already was like, listen, if I'm not going to get the benefits that I thought I was getting signing up for it, then I'm definitely not putting up with what I've been putting up with kind of thing. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, like she was already ready to go, but if things had just been quiet and they kept going on, like Garcelle said, maybe she just would have stuck it out till the end. She'd already been in this marriage for 20 something years. And if things were going super smooth, what would be her reason to leave? But then what she can't say, I think is then all these legal troubles popped up and I couldn't, I didn't want to be involved in it. Or Tom and her had some sort of discussion about how it would be the smart move for her to leave, but she can't say either of those things. So she has to chalk it up to, I just was pushed to my breaking point and you know, I was not even getting more than one sentence answers out of him. And that's when I realized I had to go. So I, but I still think those things could be true. And that really did bring her to a breaking point. However, I do think the legal stuff was clearly the deciding factor, what really pushed her over the edge.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the legal stuff was the catalyst. And also, by the way, I just want to like allow people permission to have this distinction because I feel like some people don't feel like they can choose. And you can think that by the way, as I said before, you're fully entitled to think whatever the fuck you want. Who knows? None of us know. But you can think that Erica had some understanding that Tom was involved in a level of fraudulence as it applied to his business, meaning maybe not paying taxes, maybe doing something where he was just fucking around with money. And then also not think that she knew the full extent of what he was doing to these families of the victims. Like, I think that those are two separate things. It's it's one thing if you're in the camp of, you know, you really think that she fully knew every single thing that he was doing as it applies to the disgusting acts towards the families of these victims. But also you can say, listen, I think she knew that he was a little bit shady, but I don't think he knew that full thing. I just want to like allow for that distinction in case anybody feels that way.
1: Yeah, I think it's a complete sliding scale of what we can think. It's not so black and white. It's really like, maybe she knew nothing, like literally nothing, which I don't think is true, but you can believe that and or she knew everything every single detail every little like nook and cranny of what he was doing and what was going on or she falls somewhere in the middle of maybe she knew there was some shadiness but I think she kind of always had the attitude of like Tom is so smart he hasn't got to where he is today by being like careless and he'll figure he'll kind of figure it out Or she didn't know where some of the money was coming. Or maybe there were shady deals and he was trying to cover it up for some time. And then eventually things slipped through the cracks. Like we could sit here and list thousands and thousands of scenarios and maybe none of them would be true. I don't know if we'll ever really, really, really know what she did or didn't know. But it is like there are endless possibilities. It's not she knew nothing or she knew everything.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think sliding scales are a really good way to put it. And Kathy kind of makes the observation that all of us did of like, you know, you were such a good sport and wonderful the weekend in Tahoe, you just smiles and carried on. And Erica responds and I quote, you know, timing is everything. And once I get a handle on what is coming for me and it will be coming for me again, I've used this word every fucking episode. Tell me that does not have such a tone of eeriness.
1: It's like I, I'm waiting for the sound effects to be like, dun, dun, dun.
0: I know. And then she says the line that has been taken everywhere. I mean, we've seen this clip constantly. I will tell you guys this. I did not see it ending this way. I was going to hold that man's hand till he died. But you know, life.
1: I mean, say what you want. That's fucking
0: powerful. Even if you don't believe one word she's saying, you, you can at least appreciate the power in those words. I mean- I just am trying like, think about us, you and me and Faces by Bravo and all the other accounts that we follow that are as obsessed with this. And obviously everybody listening, we are so kind of confused and, and interested. Imagine being those women and sitting in the room and having to like not only process it, but then remember that you're processing it while on TV.
1: I don't know if I could do it. And also, probably having so many questions like, so many questions. These women have been in Tom and Erica's home. They've heard her talk about things so many times that they've traveled the world together. Like, inevitably, they talk about their lives and marriages and everything so much more than what we see. So, imagine knowing her this intimately and she's sitting here and telling you this whole thing and you. Probably have a billion questions, and you still have to be really respectful of her. And then on top of it, you're on TV. It's like, I could, I would love to be in Kyle and Lisa Rinna and Dore and honestly all of their brains during that, just what they were thinking and also what they called each other after and said, what the fuck.
0: Yeah, and when they're in the living room and Kathy says to her, like, you don't seem too attached to your old place or leaving it, and she responds, It wasn't my house to begin with. I'm the third wife that lived there. And just saying, you know, he'll stay there forever, he's never gonna leave. Yes, obviously, there's a way to look at this of like, okay, well, she always knew she was a third wife. If, you know, it never was her house, she's just realizing this now. No, but for us, I never got that vibe. I never in the previous seasons ever felt like she thought that this was just his house that she was living in. I feel like she always made it a point that it was their home. So if this was her deep feeling, it it never, to me at least, came across. Obviously, he ran the show. Nobody was naive to that. But as it applied to specifically the house, I actually felt like she had a lot of ownership over that house in terms of, you know, not physical ownership, but in terms of in ideology, you know?
1: Like, yes and no. To me, this was the part that almost made the most sense because while I do feel like she really took on the role of like, quote, running the house, like they cut back to when, you know, she's taking Tom outside and saying, we have to fix these pool tiles and here's the tree we have to replace. And even when she's first giving the tour to like Teddy and saying, oh, we built this chapel. Like, it was very easy to forget that they didn't buy this home and make it a home together. Like the last wife left and she kind of stepped right in. But she lived there for over two decades. Like, I've lived in my apartment for three years and it feels like my home. So you live somewhere for 20 years, regardless who was there before you. And if you didn't necessarily pick out every faucet and every finish on the walls, you're still there for so much time that it does become your home and you have some attachment to it. So it, it, I think the house is just a big representation of Tom. Like, the house equals Tom and Tom equals the house. So it almost felt like they go hand in hand and it she didn't care about the physical house because she doesn't care about Tom
0: anymore it makes total sense it's just that that is not what i feel was portrayed to us in previous seasons i really don't and honestly like okay if she really thought that they were going to stay together forever she was going to be with him till he died she was going to get all his money whatever the situation was going to be of course it makes sense that she's not going to paint him in this light where You know he's very kind of controlling, and she doesn't have a say in anything like that because it's kind of like that meme about you never want to tell your mom if you have a fight with your friend because you know that she's never gonna give that person the time of day again. Why is she gonna let the viewers in on Tom's downfalls or Tom's flaws or the way that Tom makes her feel in a negative way if she thinks she's in it with this guy for the long haul? No, it only helps. It only helps her if he's received positively. So. We we're go- we really did a fucking 180 here from the night when her and Lisa are in that same pink outfit and Tom comes out in the library and they're all talking to now. Like These are two separate people.
1: It's almost like she now has permission to air out all her complaints and say everything that has bothered her through the years because she's free. So I think that would be true if anyone was going through a divorce. It's not specific to Erica and Tom, but- Things and patterns that we picked up on, she now can kind of speak freely about, and it won't affect her marriage or it won't make her look weak. That's another thing. If she goes around talking about how terrible her husband is or how she feels in her marriage, everyone is almost going to judge her, although it's not her fault, to say, Why are you still married to him? Or why are you stay married to somebody like that? And Erica cares a lot about her image, and she's not going to make her put herself in that kind of light. So to all of a sudden have the go ahead to give her laundry list of everything that's been wrong in their 20 year marriage, a marriage that we are way more intrigued by just with the age difference and the money and how it happened and how they just like the optics of it. We've been so intrigued by this marriage from day one, more than we are with like, I don't know, Kyle Mauricio or crystal and Rob, who just, I guess we would say are more quote normal. There's, been interested in them in day one. So now to hear like dirty details is kind of like, holy shit, we've always been
0: wondering about this. Right. And what you said about how like it would be the same with any other couple that was going through this, in a way, like I I agree with that of the point that like I don't think, even if I thought that Erica was 100% a co-conspirator and guilty in all of this, which I don't think to that extent she is by any means. Like I think she knew some shit. I don't think she knew this level. I still think it's very normal that she wouldn't have said these things before. Like I don't think it's I don't think her only telling it now is any sort of indication of whether or not she's telling the truth about the other stuff. This is like basic logic. Why are you going to shit on your husband while you're married? Right. 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 Totally. It was pretty it was pretty uh stark when they were showing the comparison between like the 16,000 square foot Pasadena house to the 2,000 square foot rental and
1: <laughs> I mean those editors are fucking like feisty.
0: It's
1: savage. <laughs> it's savage, right? Like, listen, her old house was huge and beautiful and over the top, but like, it's not like she's moved into a shack. Like, her house is very nice. It's just different. And you know what? I think she, as it seems, if I was taking it as face value, can be way happier in a home that she gets to decorate and make her own and has to herself than you can be in a 20,000 square foot home. And I think that's just true for everybody.
0: Yeah. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. What did you think about when she's telling the story of when they were at dinner one time? And I will read exactly I'll never forget one time I was joining Tom and five other guys for dinner. I said, sorry, I'm late, I was in traffic. And one of them said, well, if you were married to a better man, traffic would be no problem. And Tom straight looked at him across the table and said, well, if you think you can afford her, then you can have her. And it flew right out of his mouth. But he supported me when I was nothing. There's always that underlying pressure of wanting to please someone that's provided for you. I always felt that I should just shut up and be grateful to an extent. Look, is it great to be able to wear this jacket? Is it great to be able to live in a big house? Is it great to be able to have a Lambo? Is it great to be able to do all this shit? Yes. But at what human cost at some point?
1: I mean, wow.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because clearly that story stuck with her and I fully believe that that happened. And I do think clearly like it illustrates a very real power dynamic that existed there. And like, obviously we can all acknowledge how misogynistic and kind of disgusting of a comment that is, but I think, and I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself or if this resonates with you or anybody listening. I think almost what was like confusing in a way for me to hear was like, I very much understand why that comment would be upsetting. Like, that's a gross thing to say. But I feel like our understanding of their relationship, I wasn't surprised that he would say that in a way. I almost feel like I'm surprised that. That stuck with her, not because I don't think it's valid, I think it's so valid, but because I almost feel like that was kind of the way that she viewed the relationship as well. So now I'm having this moment of like, wait a second, if she was so thrown off and so hurt by that, and again, like I say, understandably so, was my interpretation of what she felt the relationship was inaccurate. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yes, because when I think about my own relationship with their relationship, right? it's like I always felt two ways about it. Like, of course, look at them. You know, it's the older man with the young blonde, cocktail waitress, the whole thing. Like, how kind of stereotypical. But then I really, really rewind to a year ago or even less when we knew none of this and we were watching all those episodes and seeing them together and seeing when she was going on Broadway, how proud he was and when he's giving her all these gifts. I I just rewatched all of Beverly Hills and seeing all these moments with them together I like loved their love. I know that's crazy, but I just, I got it. Like there were a lot of times that I really got it. And I felt like they've been together for so many years. You know, she says her son lived with them and he basically raised her son and they've been together and she traveled the world with him. And like, they had this mutual respect and like seeing their banter and the way that they kind of bounced off each other, I fully got it. So It's hard to almost remember that when it comes down to these things. I can understand how that could be really painful for her. But then also, like, just in the retelling of the story, I just felt, I just, like, kind of felt like it was a weird story in a way. I don't know why, but I just felt like it was a little bit, like, maybe he was joking, but then you also have to put yourself in her shoes of, you're sitting at a lunch with five men and your husband makes a comment like that in front of you, how hurtful that can be. And I think she was bringing it up in this moment just to kind of illustrate a way, way, way bigger issue. And almost him solidifying what he, he, she meant to him in that way was like, whoa, what? Like, what is going on here?
0: Yes. Yes. I think that's a really Perfect way to put it. And by the way, I'm on your page. I'm not interested in like revisionist history as it applies to myself or you either in terms of what we thought. We were on this very podcast a year ago saying that we like their relationship and it it clearly works. So like I'm not gonna pretend like I always thought that it was doomed. No fucking way. I thought their love was very real.
1: Yo, we were like standing Tom Girardi. Like There is no revisionist history because we have a podcast and we were so right in the time in our opinions. Like I think I remember saying, my dad was watching, being like, "Wow, Tom Girardi, what what a guy! Like, what a great guy!" And it's true. Like that's just what we all thought. So it's almost hard to go back to that place. But yeah, it this story was just like again an interesting anecdote that I don't think we would get. And now here we are. You know, turning the pages back into years and years of shit going down and getting a peek into what we've been wondering all along.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends, I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, Like, I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second. But We all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I'm a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever. But specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know. The straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes. But here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 38 through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. I mean, when her and Renna go to drinks and Erica says like, it's insanity, I've never felt this vulnerable, maybe ever. And I just, I just was trying to like take it for face value, but then also Realize that they're on a show. And like, I felt like Rinna was trying to like read between the lines in a way, you know, and she obviously was providing her with the safe space of like, I'm not going to press you in a way that's not kosher. I'm sure they spoke before they got there. I'm sure of that. But, you know, Erica talks about this idea of like maybe doing a trial separation and then realizing like the old school way, there's just, that's not how it was going to go. And she kind of had to take matters into her own hands. And Rinna comes back in her confessional saying like, over the years, you know, we all look at each other's relationships and there was definitely a power balance. He was definitely the boss. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I i can't, i like, holy fuck. I know.
1: I can't like, we're finally talking about it now. Like it's just, it's
0: really crazy. I mean, when she's saying I didn't leave a note, I left and he got served papers. I drove him to work. I told him I loved him. He said, thanks hon. Like I was an employee. I know people want to believe that that story's fake. I want to believe that it's real. Am I so? Is it so bad for me believing that that story's real? No. And
1: <laughs> the way I kind of feel is like whether it's real or not, what a good fucking like movie. Like I'm just honestly interested in just hearing the story the way it is because it's juicy, whether it's true or not. And she is just a really great storyteller and dramatic, and she has the right like tone and emphasis. Like I was eating up every second of it. Now. I don't know how much is true. I don't know if this really happened the way it did. Also, maybe she found out things or he was hiding things from her and she really did do it like this, but she knew more or had more reasons than she's letting on. Again, I go back to the sliding scale of how many billion scenarios are possible in the way that this went down. And maybe everything she's saying is true, but she's omitting some of the huge glaring details that we now know sort of the backstory of.
0: Right, aka... There was a giant lawsuit coming his way, and I figured, let me get out. But I thought or he's when she was, cheating,
1: or he's a fraud, or you know, he said that one thing about the money, but it really was another thing. Or he said that he had this big, you know, business thing, but it really was that he was taking like money from victims of a plane crash. Like who knows? Literally, nobody knows except for Erica and Tom.
0: When she was saying to Rina that you know, after he said to her, "Thanks, hun," and then he walked into the firm, that that was the last she seen of him and she was saying she thinks that his kind of perspective right now is like you know what fuck her she left me absolutely fuck her you want to be big time want to be on your own fucking go that's what i'm guessing in terms of what she thinks it kind of struck me when she was saying that even though i very much think that she's spot on in terms of that being his perspective but like what a shitty thing to think about your husband in a way like Clearly she knew on some level that he was capable of that type of mindset, which is a pretty unfortunate mindset for a human to have.
1: Yeah, I feel like regardless of like the motivation, something like that happening whether it was that day or another day has to really hurt. <laughs>
0: And again, she says here, I expect nothing but the worst, hoping for the best, and he's got some real challenges ahead of him. Again, another time when she's insinuating that she knows something really bad legally potentially is coming for him. So when they're at Crystal's and they're making dumplings, which, by the way, I was so hungry when I was watching this episode, and I was like, those look so fucking good. Didn't they look amazing?
1: Wait, I, like, almost ordered dumplings. I think I'm going to tomorrow. It was like I already had... I already had a salad in front of me and I was like, fuck, I need those dumplings. I know. And the little cute, like dumpling aprons, like what a what a great party.
0: Yeah, no, it was great. I, I love Crystal. But when, you know, she walks in in this very out there get up and Garcelle makes a comment: like, when my life started unraveling with my divorce, I didn't want to do anything. But Erica walks in, sex and heals, she's down for whatever. And she sits down and she starts talking about how Kyle gave her this oil, which we find out is a THC oil, it's, it's intimate oil. And she just comes right out there. She's like, yeah, I put it all over my clit and all over my vajayjay. And the women kind of were like taken aback. And I was like, yes, I loved this. I absolutely loved this moment that was happening. That's
1: the thing. Like, say what you want about what's going on. She she does seem lighter. Kyle says it later, it's a lighter Erica, and they're already seeing the same week such a like a lifted weight, lifted off her back kind of spirit and attitude. So regardless of what she did or didn't know, Tom and that whole like life was really weighing her down. And it's honestly a lighter Erica than we've ever seen. Like this clip was one of the funniest moments Erica's had in how however many seasons she's been on the show. So that in itself kind of says a lot. And I feel like this gave her like a new reinvigorated kind of silliness, but she was being fucking hilarious.
0: Also, when she was saying oil, I thought she meant like a tincture. Like I thought she was saying I was feeling good. I was feeling lit in the sense of like, I'm kind of stoned. I didn't mean she was like basically going to have an orgasm, which by the way, as you know, incredibly sex positive over here, support that entirely. And I would love to get some of that oil. I just wasn't envisioning her going there. So when she went there, I was like, all right, I'm down for this. And also, by the way, if it's good enough for Mauricio, it's good enough for all of us.
1: Yeah. Like Kyle's in the corner smirking, like, yep, me and Mauricio used all the time. You're fucking welcome.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, in terms of some of the other plots, the Kylander thing, it's not even worth getting into. It is so fucking stupid and as Kathy and Crystal spoke about on Watch what happens, they're literally sisters and I I don't even think we should waste our breath by discussing this unless you disagree.
1: No, I I agree and the only notable thing was that they ended their combo and started talking about Crystal and Sutton because they couldn't help themselves.
0: Right, which then gets us into kind of that discussion about how, you know, obviously Crystal and Sutton have their discussion. And when they were talking about it as a group, I was trying to put myself in their situation of like, we just had this discussion alone and it went really well. And then when that was transferred to the group, it didn't go as well. And like I understood both of their frustrations. And I think that a lot of clarity was brought to the situation on Watch What Happens. when Crystal was basically saying, you know what, in retrospect, I regret the way that I handled that because Sutton kind of got sucked into some issues that I was having that were triggers for me and with my body dysmorphia and things like that. And like, that's not context we had, nor did we need to have. Like, she didn't owe that to anyone, but the fact that she said it definitely made things a little bit more clear.
1: The way I felt was that. Crystal and Sutton kind of broke from their side huddle too early. They needed five more minutes to actually be on the same page because they thought it sounded like such a good idea. Like, okay, great. You know, we're really getting each other. Let's bring it to the group and put it to bed. But they weren't on the same page at all. So then it kind of unraveled in front of the group. So it was like they needed five or 10 more minutes alone sitting together to actually hear each other out and make sure that all of their like everything was kind of tied up in a bow and it just wasn't. And it was funny because Crystal also on Watch What Happens Live said that her and Sutton like talk all the time now. So I just, at that point, they literally had known each other for a week and they got off to a really rocky start. People are different and emotional when they're traveling. And I think, I hope this is the last that we hear about like the coat thing and Sutton with the prank thing. Like I just, it's enough
0: no you're right they they needed to they wanted to present this united front they needed to get their ducks in a row and the ducks were like so not in a row
1: no the ducks were literally on different planets
0: the two <laughs> sorry, <different> planets. <laughs> the two other things that i just want to mention is garcelle with the matchmaker i'm really glad she aired that because who knows what's going to happen whether we're going to see her dating life on the show but like she just needed to get to the root, even if she has in her own life. I was glad that she brought that to the audience of like, I have always needed to be enough for me. And so it's really hard for me to allow someone else in that role, which I think is an issue that a lot of people have. And so like for her to just be so open about it, I appreciate it because you know what? It does give you a better sense as to her as a person.
1: Yeah. No, it's clearly a huge part of her life. And we get to see everyone else's relationships, good or bad. So for her to not have anybody, but we get to see her working on that. And kind of what is going on in her day-to-day life outside of work and with her kids, I just like, I like that. I like when we see those like really actual intimate moments, even when none of the other women are around. And I think this is a storyline we're going to see a lot more. I think next week she like talks to her kids about getting remarried. And next week we see Rinna bring up Scott Disick.
0: That is, to us, the ultimate conversation.
1: No, like it's actually those three seconds in the preview of, of her saying the word Scott Disick, I was like absolutely dead.
0: I know. When Kathy was on Watch What Happens with Crystal and Nikki Hilton admitted that she's never told this to anyone other than her husband, but that when Kathy said she was joining, she cried. That kind of took me back for a second. It like randomly got deep.
1: Wait, Kathy Hilton like broke bravo this week in a good way because she was so funny on what happens live i'm glad they paired her with crystal i'm glad kyle was in the audience and nikki was a bartender and then we'll talk about her live with donald adler from bravo in a minute but that was crazy when nikki said that because when you think back to when i think nikki and paris spoke about it on paris's podcast like they had no idea kathy was doing it and then all of a sudden it like was announced And Nikki religiously watches all the house lives. And I think her idea was like, oh my God, my mom is like getting thrown into this. She shouldn't. I think there's probably a part of her that was really worried about what it would do to her relationship with Kyle too, because they're, they're in such a good place after so much time that, you know, we've seen time and time again, how the show can fuck things up. Marriages, friendships, relationships, sisters. Kim was on the show forever and, That was some of the darkest times of their life, so I get why she was so upset. But then it's so funny to hear her say that while she's literally standing behind the bar on Andy Cohen's set.
0: Well, yeah, and he kind of said that. Well, clearly you've come around to it. He, she's here, and I think she's right. Like she knows the cattiness firsthand, and so I think it was twofold. On one hand, the last thing she ever wanted is for there to be more drama with her and Kyle, considering the fact that they just solved it. Because I'm sure that weighed heavily on their family. And then second of all, like as a kid, you're protective of your mom. So like you don't want your mom fighting with other people aside from even if you're famous or not, like what it does in the press, you just don't want that because it weighs on your heart. And so once she realized that Kathy was actually really just a comedic angle and she wasn't going to get involved and she was going to be a friend of, I'm sure it kind of, you know, calmed her down a bit.
1: Two of my favorite things about kathy were i mean everyone has to just watch this episode of watch ovens live she brought her purse out and like was literally holding it on her lap the entire time like she was ready like she'd paid the bill at dinner and was waiting to leave like mm-hmm. she could just jet out of there at any second
0: us at american bar <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that they go to take the shotski and like crystal and andy are holding it and Kathy is trying to take the shot glass off of the ski, So they lift it up to start taking the shot and it starts spilling everywhere. And they're like, what's going on? She's like, I thought you'd take the shot glass off of it. So then she has to take it by herself. Like everything was funny. It's so good. And then the other thing we got to pregame with was Donald Adler, who works on Bravo social, hosted a bottoms up with Kathy Hilton on Instagram. It's on Bravo TV's IGTV. And, (laughs) <laughs> they, they literally open to her like she's getting full glam, like rollers in her hair. She can't see anything. She can't hear anything. She learns what YOLO is and then will not stop saying YOLO when she's on Watch Robins Live. Everything about it was funny. Both things I just can't recommend enough. Crystal was so, looked so gorgeous on Watch Robins Live and you can tell that her and Kathy are genuine friends because of how comfortable they felt with each other and oh my god wow I cannot I just have not stopped talking about it all day and night
0: she it's really true she really
1: hasn't (laughs) (laughs) I was like literally sending to Julie I'm like I know you're not really gonna know everything they're talking about but trust me you're gonna be cracking up
0: well that's what makes me really happy about kathy hilton's edition like julie gets it like she doesn't get anything else she doesn't understand the relationship but she really understands the magic of kathy hilton and i appreciate that
1: well because julie's like a little teenager on tiktok so she sees all the best clips of kathy on tiktok and she's on the bandwagon.
0: yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you guys this was a crazy thing I'm so glad like I'm genuinely so glad there wasn't another episode and there wasn't that much other news to talk about or really any other news because this needed like I haven't spoken about this with you I haven't spoken about this with anyone I needed to just like talk out loud I know and yeah
1: don't take anything we said too seriously like just pretend that you called us to get our thoughts on the episode and this is what you heard
0: yes that's what i keep trying it because people will come so intensely in the messages like i don't fucking know anything i'm just processing this out loud you try doing it on a podcast then your opinion may change it's like like, what do we know (laughs) Exactly, this is not gospel it's just like us talking instead of doing it on the phone we are doing it on a podcast
1: like this is genuinely our phone call recorded we have plenty of phone calls like this that aren't recorded so
0: yeah exactly well <laughs> like last night.
1: i guess
0: i yeah, like last night. I guess that's the show folks <laughs> okay guys we love you so much julie and i will see you on monday and um have the best weekend thank you for listening we're so lucky we got to do this